Here we go again. Episode 10 of Harlequin's podcast. Two words and four quarters. My name's Michael and I'm sat here as always with my cousin Will. How you feeling, mate? I'm feeling good. Um, we're recording this just after the Saints game on uh, on Sunday. So we're flying high a little bit off the back of uh, a tense win down at the Stoop. What about you, mate? How do you feel? I'm fried. My nerves, my nerves are absolutely <laughs> shot. I mean, I, I, those watching on our, our live feed will say I'm, I'm still wearing my full kit. Um, it's just crazy game. I mean, oh, we'll obviously dive you know, deep into it later. But yeah, I just I don't really know what to make of it. It wins a win. Bonus point at the end. Can't ask for much more. But yeah, crazy afternoon. Yeah, for sure. We we usually record these on a Sunday, um, and the last few weeks we've had our games on a Saturday, so we've had time to to step back and reflect and uh, to gather our thoughts. But uh, we're a bit high on emotion at the minute, so uh, we'll see what comes to it when we start talking about it shortly. Yeah, well, we'll jump into our first sort of topic, and we've got a bit of housekeeping to do. Obviously, we've had some news this week. Um, a few things have come out within the club. Sort of the, the big one I thought was the news that Scott Baldwin's obviously departing as at the end of the season he's off to Worcester do you want to give us your thoughts yeah really disappointed um obviously it's for for family reasons wants to get closer to Wales fair enough um best of luck to him Worcester have got a good one there over the last few weeks he's been invaluable for us uh, he's a real skillful hooker which fits the way that the Quinns play perfectly um we haven't got too much strength and depth at hooker so I hope Laurie and co have scouted the market and, and seen possibilities for signings or scouted some young up-and-coming talent or even a marquee signing in that space we've spoken about Malcolm Marks before I know it's unlikely oh, but there's been Marks. a bit of South African blood injected into our team recently with Andre and Tyrone and Wilco so what's one more um but yeah no I'm, I'm disappointed to see him go but I wish him all the best um it's a it's a life decision right so what did you make of it I was I mean I think we said it at the start of when we started doing these podcasts Six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, I'd have thought, okay, you know, not a huge loss. Um, but since Gus has left, he's been exceptional. Um, like you say, his work in the loose is fantastic. He he offloads the ball well in the tackle. He's dynamic. We've looked really good up front with, you know, him forming a good, good connection with Joe Marler and Wilco in the scrum. It's obviously a family decision, you know, the family comes first in, in, in everything. But I wonder whether... Without the ring fencing the Premiership this year, he might have made a decision not to go to Worcester, given they're now bottom of the league after this weekend. But yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting, wasn't it? I mean, like I say, tough to see him go, but can't can't argue with it. He's been brilliant for us, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll depart us at the end of the season with a bit of silverware. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, he put out a really nice tweet actually saying he's 100% dedicated to the club for the rest of the year. And I got the impression it wasn't just one of those things you do, um, as every player does if you're moving on at the end of the season. I actually think it was genuine. He's, he's very committed to Quinns and it's just a family decision end of the year. He's, he's going to move closer to home, which is fine. I think one thing that's really important that perhaps gives me that extra confidence, which I hadn't considered so much before, is he's obviously a, an ex-Wales international. Him, Marler and Wilco in that front row have got bags of experience and, and bags of energy around the park as well, um, putting in shots physically, but then also handling of the ball is, is really, really strong. So they all complement each other really well. Um, so to see him go, I think it's quite a big void right in the middle of our pack right in the middle of our front row. It's an area which could become a problem if you don't have a strong hooker, particularly when it comes to line-out time or scrum time. These are things that make Marcus at 10 shine, for example, when he's got that platform. So um, there were times in previous seasons where we were a little bit loose at line-out time, a little bit loose at scrum time, and we paid for it. Um, and we seem to have shored that up now. So I really hope 
we get someone in of equal calibre, if not an improvement. Yeah, he seems like a you know really like member of the squad as well. Obviously, we all saw on social media this week the chat between him and Brownie after the England Wales game, and yeah, um, with him giving him a giving him a Wales shirt to wear. So he's clearly a well liked member of the squad. Um, but yeah, tough to lose him. Um, on the subject of keeping players, though, we've obviously had some more contract news this week, some big signings, or big re-signings, I should say. Um, yeah, probably the you know the the big ones, Archie White and Lewis Liner, both signed deals with the club, which is. Brilliant. I'm I'm really happy with that. But no, I mean Archie's been brilliant again since that since the turn of the season when we when we start winning games. He's been a huge part of that. Um, Lewis as well. You know, had that big breakout game against Wasps. He's been pretty solid on the wing, and you know, there's talk about him maybe being more suited or maybe more natural fullback. So as a long term replacement, someone like Mike Brown. You know, I'm I'm really really happy with those two signing. Massive. You know, they're going to be. We're building that future, aren't we? With Marcus and. Don Brandt we're building that sort of core now and and it's yeah, yeah. really good to see yeah I absolutely love the intent from Laurie uh, and the coaches who have inputs on these things I'm sure I love the intent what they've done the last few weeks since Gustav's left is go out and get our best young players to put pen to paper you're staying with this club we're we're coming again we're coming back to 2012 era we're building that spine again and we're going to go after that premiership title we want to start winning leagues we want to start winning cup competitions so i really love the intent um and those two for me are two players i wouldn't have had in starting 15 four or five weeks ago and they've just proven me wrong every single week um archie white playing six last few weeks has been incredibly solid he's looked right at home for someone that hasn't had regular starts um, in the he's first team, really. as well, isn't he? He tackles well. He's good at line out time. He gets well around the park. Exactly. Yeah, he was good in the line out against Saints, um, and he was playing at seven against Saints as well. So obviously shows his, his versatility across the background and flanker positions. Um, getting better over the ball as well. I don't know if that's because of the the switch from six to seven meant that it it became more of an onus on his his role in the team. But it was good to see him getting over the ball and and causing a bit of havoc there. But yeah, that back row that we've got, for me, the starting back row was Chisholm, Evans and Dombrandt. You throw Archie White in the mix. Um, and another new signing or a new re-signing, one of our academy lads, one of five academy lads to re-sign, is Jack Kenningham, obviously seven, um, played against Saints as well. Uh, got got that yellow, which I think was unfortunate. It was an accumulation of penalties against the side um, and he was sort of the last straw. Um, what are your thoughts on him re-signing? I mean, it's it's good to see, isn't it? I mean, we were all excited when he made his debut against Newcastle. Um, huge loss, you know, with Will Evans out of the side, and you know there was talk about him being a similar sort of um, similar sort of seven over the ball, tackles well, wins turnovers, and he had a really good game up against Newcastle against Saints. Gets a card, like you say, probably an accumulation of pressure. Something he had to give. He was unfortunately the one that that got the card in this, in that situation. But again, it's it's same it's the same thing we've been saying for the last few weeks. We're starting to put together some pieces in our puzzle for the for the long term. I and mean, we've got five Academy lads re-signing. You know, they're not players that we know a huge amount about just yet, but it's exciting to see, you know, maybe towards the end this year, um, maybe they'd have got some more runs and stuff like the L V Cup or the Prem Cup or um if that was going this year. But again, yeah. good to see, you know, we're we're building for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the Lewis Liner re-signing as well, that's a real statement of intent for uh, our back three. And actually, there was a really, really good interview with him. And he's obviously very aware of his name, but he's he's conscious of that. And he is literally just conscious of that. He's not living off it. He wants to pave his own way. And I've got nothing but respect for that. So, yeah, good man to have the club. I think we'll, uh, and that's probably, probably our wrap-up of news for the week. So, should we move on to another good win down at Surrey Sports Park on Saturday for Harlequins Women? What were your thoughts? 
Yeah, a really good win. Coming from behind is uh, is no mean feat. It's three wins in a row now for us. After two defeats previously as well, for the first time in the club's history, that's that's something that would have rattled a few of the players or would have rattled the squad slightly. I'm sure it's it, you probably start to question what, what direction the team's going in. So to come back and respond with three wins on the bounce in... A quite bullish style as well. You think about the Wasps game, they had to really, really fight, come back from behind, get that last kick to win the game. Sale, they had to break them down and break them down. They had to defend their line and then eventually the floodgates opened and they they got what they deserved and a a very good thumping win up in the north. And then you look to Gloucester Hartbury at SSP. Two tries conceded early doors and you fight back and you get that bonus point win last try of the game as well. And it was great to see Jess Breach on the score sheet again, having been on the pod last week. So um, I, I, we can't even claim that we've had any influence in that because she scores every time she plays. But yeah, always good to see. Uh, no one else saw the, the chat we had off camera about her sort of stepping off her left foot and attacking that weak shoulder, but we'll, we won't claim you that. You didn't teach her anything. <laughs> her anything. <laughs> no, I'll, um, I'll give a shout out actually to the coverage down at Surrey Sports Park. Obviously, the, the stream up at sale last week was a bit uh, a bit dodgy, but sort of freezing and stopping and people were missing stuff. But I thought the coverage was amazing. I really liked um, Rachel Bertha's commentary during the game. I think she... Yes. I mean, she's a... Yes. She's a unbelievable, you know, she's an experienced international and one of the you know, biggest names in English rugby and her, the way she breaks the game down and made it sort of simple because obviously they were, it's, it's a side that I haven't got loads and loads of knowledge of. I haven't watched our women's side for as long as I've watched our men's side, but it was really exciting. And like you say, we con- conceded in the first 17 seconds, charge down kick. Um, yeah. Gloucester Hartbury had a big injury with Mo Hunt, England scrum off going off in the first, what was it, 20 minutes or so. That's obviously pretty, pretty you know, tough for any side to deal with losing a player of that quality, but it was brilliant. position too. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really like the way that they play. I, I really do. I mean, they, they're physical. I mean, Abby Ward, captain, she was immense all day. Big turnovers, big carries. And even fleet of foot, Amy Kane down on the wing for her try. What a bit of skill. Rips the ball, yeah. kicks it through, wins it again, dots down in the corner. What a score. Unbelievable techers. No, I've seen that doing the rounds on social, actually. Uh, some really good engagement on that one and fully deserved. Great bit of skill. Chipped ahead, gathered it, dotted it down the corner and uh, we're starting to get real foothold in the game. So, yeah, fair play to her. That was quite sick, wasn't it? And you actually mentioned Rachel Burford on commentary there. I think that's so important for the game and not just because of the way she speaks and describes the game and she's a household name that people know, but also her her social presence her social media presence like it's so fascinating to see behind the scenes at um any match day to be honest but i don't know sort of where it was positioned but at ssp they had this scaffolding structure put up and she was stood up in there posted a photo of it on socials kind of like behind the scenes of the commentary box at ssp yeah, i didn't think they'd have anything like that it was interesting to see so having a person of that um social status is, is definitely useful to to providing exposure it's weird, actually. That scaffolding almost looked like something you'd have on the side of a, a uni hockey game. You know, they've got a bit of scaffolding. Yeah, you have yeah. the camera up there, but no. Again, the coverage was brilliant, um, and I think they do a really good job. I mean, even like I, I've got, I've got zero knowledge of of anything technical, but all the replays and all the graphics, and they bring the tables up, and they've got some really good interviews at halftime. But no, it, it was brilliant. And again, we're in the hunt for that home semi final. Hopefully, it'll be back down at the stoop. We'll hopefully get some fans in, and hopefully, it'll be a really good spectacle at the end of the game obviously we've got the sole women's six nations coming up at the end of april as well so there'll be a bit of crossover here and there but no really exciting times yeah absolutely we've we've sort of locked in that top two position haven't we we look very established there it's just fighting away at the top now and and making sure that we're hitting our straps and keeping up that form um there'll be tougher tests to come um than gloucester heartbreed no disrespect to them and they they almost put us off track at the start of the game but 
yeah, we need to uh, we need to keep a foot on the throat, so to speak, and that momentum needs to continue, particularly if you want to push for silverware. Um, much like in the men's game, it was a last-minute bonus point score that secured you know a much better feeling towards the end of the game. Obviously, Jess Breach runs in from sixty yards and dots down for a second try to, to secure the win, and then you know the men go and follow that up with another bonus point win. Should we move on to the boys? Yeah, let's do it. I think this was very much a game of two halves, wasn't it? So let's talk about the first half first because that had everyone on Twitter buzzing because it was entertaining. It was almost like a sevens game. We'll attack, you attack. It wasn't one for the defence coaches, that's for sure. Um, well, <laughs> as, as we should in the interview anyway. with the Northampton defence coach midway through the second half. Yeah, bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, good for good for the game to have some personality, but a bit like any contributions here or just about your underwear <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to say much did he <laughs> yeah anyway I'll tell you what um, at the start of the game I know I, I said it on, on Twitter sort of earlier in the day at the minute with lockdown we haven't got huge amounts to fill your time with the three o'clock kickoff on the Sunday actually was a bit, quite difficult my nerves were shot before we even got to the start of the game but what actually was really nice was that in the last three or four weeks we've had games at the same time so we've had the BT coverage which I think has been really good but we don't get all the pre-game we don't get the half time we don't get the end of it it's just the game yeah. and the commentary but it was nice having that sort of two you know hour long build up of the, coverage, yeah. of the coverage before the game and you know Nick Mullins, Ben Kayug and on commentary I think they do a brilliant job every week and I really enjoyed it but yeah I was um I saw obviously early about what was it 20 minutes or so before kickoff they um Saints had some late changes which I don't know how much he reads into that. And I just felt a bit, I, w- I won't say uneasy, but I just felt not quite comfortable. I don't know. It just felt like one of those days where it was going to be two good sides going against each other. Yeah, definitely. Saints are very similar in style to us in terms of their, I feel like we can relate to their fans and their fans can relate to us. We yeah. we tend to be mid-table. We've got a solitary premiership win. We're, we've always got ambitions for top four. Um have had handy runs in Europe before, but we, we seem to be very inconsistent and I think they can relate to that as well. So I wasn't going into this one thinking it's a, it's a guaranteed five-pointer, although I saw a lot of talk that it, it was in our hands. Um, one thing I would say is that I didn't think they had an out-and-out kicker in their team and that almost could have been the difference. I know the scoreline in the end, it actually probably flatters us in terms of the, the context of the game, but I don't think having of natural 10 playing 10 or even a kicker on the pitch at all until Harry Malander came on. They were missing touch. They were missing conversions, penalties, whatever, you name it. Um, And those points are crucial, particularly when you're trying to get ahead in the game. So I think that benefited us nicely. I think they let us off the hook a few times by missing touch and they missed a couple of conversions as well. So, you know, maybe they hit those touches, they they kick those penalties and it's a much closer game at the scorecard than at the end of the game. But one thing that I actually noticed was they were looking for those inside balls a lot. They were looking at our weak shoulders um, for the first try, there just seemed to be a huge gap between back of the line out and 10. And it seemed like a fairly easy run in. Um, I know we talk about our, our unstructured attack. Maybe we need a bit more structure when, we, when we're when we defending. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, after after they scored those those couple of tries, though, we responded really, really quickly. We did it again against Newcastle as well. We have a, an ability. And Leicester. Yeah, and Leicester. Yeah, we... We, maybe it's just something we have. We've got an ability just to turn yeah. turn a quick try into, into, you know, we'll go back down the other end and dot one down ourselves. Um, flew out the line, get the turnover, Don Brandt picks up and we go bish, bash, bosh, kick under the, you know, kick through the through the line and Tyrone Green again showing his pace and dots down. Um, I was, I'm going to, you know, give him a bit of stick here because his defence, although last it was brilliant, he seemed to come flying out the line a lot today in some sort of odd situations because they were looking to play wide sometimes he almost came out the line and they almost threw the ball over his head and he's you know yeah dribbling around but yeah his his pace is electric and um yeah another good score for him and then after what 10 minutes we were 17-5 fast start 
Yeah, he's hostile, isn't he, Tyrone Green? I mean, he, he got everything right last week against Newcastle. He flew out of the line. He made his hits. He was aggressive. Um, he was low in the tackle. There was a few where he came flying in this week and he was slightly higher. And I was like, oh, what a slight error of judgment and he's getting a red and he's got that in him i think because i don't think there's too much thought that goes into it he's he's very sort of sharp player it's almost um, a bit like, but, just over over enthusiasm almost for a little bit yeah hold your breath yeah and as you say we stretch into that 17-5 lead and you think oh, okay we've we've been in this position before and we know how it ended before we kind of stretch ahead of teams and they creep back in but we we struggled at the scrum at first but then we really started to come into it and we got a big scrum penalty um in their half quick tap which i love i'm seeing danny do it more and more i thought he had a really good game actually danny controlling it and he he put a quick tap in we regathered it and we were on the five meter line about to score and we're looking for that offload again and we me and you were whatsapping all throughout the game and we must have said the word overplaying about 10 times it's just a case of you've taken the quick tap there you've got to the five meter line don't be afraid of taking the ball in and setting up the ruck and then you've got another phase because the defense still isn't going to be set back on their own five meter line just like that no. Um, so we're they guilty of overplaying. Out, they actually pointed out on commentary when Danny takes that quick kick, 10, 12, and 13, all, their body weight's already going forward because they know what's coming. And then when Joe Marchand, I think it was, that made that break, he's looking for that offload almost before he hits the floor in a, in a situation yeah. where he can't really get the ball away. No one's really on his shoulder. You maybe just think, just trust that the blokes are coming up behind you to, to smash over the top, obviously. You know correctly um and then play quickly and, and, and move move it through hands but yeah i mean i mean I, i'll you know give mike brown a lot of credit for his try i mean coming in off a short line almost like a bullet head down flying at kneecaps and dots down that shows almost everything about mike brown that we know is his hunger to score tries he, you know, he gets a sniff of the whitewash and he's he turns into a different beast um and I know yeah. that we've spoken, although the, you know, the club has spoken a lot, especially Marcus and, and Jerry have spoken about it in interviews, playing in those 10-minute blocks. And I tweeted at half-time, it, it, we almost played in five-minute blocks because the first five, they, they won. We then almost won the next 15. Then we had a bit of a wobble. But I think we probably bossed 25 or 30 out of those 40 minutes in, in the first half. And you know, we, go in, we go into the break at 27-12. And I think everyone at that stage is thinking, I mean, I certainly was, we just needed to tighten up in defence a little bit and then keep playing, but not not throwing the ball, maybe in just one extra pass. It, today felt like it. And I know that's the way that Quinns, you know, play their best rugby at times, but it just felt like at times today, it was just one pass too many. Um, I think a few of the Saints coaches said it during the game as well. No team had control of the first half at all. It was brilliant to watch. It was open, it was unstructured, and that suited us down to a T. Um, yeah. Plenty of visits deep into the 22. Um, we went into the 22 numerous times. We managed to make a good break and get into their half. And at that point, you're thinking, great, we've got huge gain here. We've gained about 20 metres, 30 metres. Now, everything's going to be disorganised. Have a bit of discipline. And when I say discipline, it doesn't always refer to giving away penalties or any infringements, but just having the the calm calmness in your mind to make the right decisions and hold that ball or take it to the ground or if the pass is coming, hit the man you're trying to pass to. Um, just have that bit of self-discipline, um, which I think we lacked. We weren't so clinical. Um, we tweeted it after the game. Look, we're, we're unbelievable at creating chances. We're so exciting to watch. We'll create something out of nothing, and Marcus epitomizes that. But when it comes to conversion, the amount of points we could have racked up, if we just had a bit of nous about us, the amount of points we could have racked up would have been ridiculous. So still so much to improve on, which is exciting. And I think I look ahead to Exeter next week, and there's no way we can play like that because they will thump us. They'll be... 
I think we almost said it against Sale. You know, we scored three tries in the first half um, and everyone's thinking bonus point. But if, if we do that against a side like Exeter, they'll be probably A, good enough to stop it before that happens and B, good enough to take advantage of our, you know, our errors and in our own play. And, you know, it's going to be a big test next week down at Stanley Park. I mean, yeah, it'll be a different performance down there, I'm sure, next week. Um, and then in the second half, it was a difficult one to watch. Discipline killed us. Um, the Jack... Kenningham card, like we say, was an accumulation of stuff. But then we had another one with Don Brandt. It just seemed like a silly penalty to give away right in front of the sticks. Maybe just again, we just brains were a bit fried. Boys were out on their feet. Um, it was tough, and we we didn't we didn't concede when we had thirty men on the field. You know, we were tough. We were, we, yeah. we, 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 gr- we gritted it out. I mean, you can't ask much more than that. When when, when we go down to to twelve plus one players, we got we got to grit it out. Yeah, fatigue has got to play a part for sure. Marcus said in his interview after the game, they're out on their feet at half-time, and I have no doubt Saints were the same. So to then go and play the second half and lose two men and you're playing 13 versus 15 when you're already out on your feet and to not concede a point in that time is, is yeah. nothing short of special. But I, I was heart and mouth watching. That's the most nervous I've been watching us since Gustard left, you know. I was, I was, And we had an 11-point lead. Um, but I just thought they're all over us. We had... T- um, 20% possession after 20 minutes of the second half. So half of the second half had gone and we'd only had 20% of the ball. That's nothing. Like, you're never going to win a game if, if you carry on like that. But yeah. we managed to, to cling on. And actually early on in the second half, there was a moment where we were clinging on and the defensive line was going well. And we actually managed to get an opportunity with Chiz breaking the line and yeah. giving it out wide to Green. And Green looked like he was going to get away. And if he'd just given that ball inside to either Danny or Brownie sooner, they'd have been under the sticks. But he just held it for too long tried the basketball pass which again I'm going to use that word indiscipline it's yeah. not always about giving away penalties it's about keeping your wits about you I think Clive Woodward called it teacup like think calm Thinking under pressure under pressure yeah that's it think correctly Thinking under pressure under pressure yeah and he just that's what we're lacking that's what we're lacking we're not having an 80 minute performance or we're not converting all of our chances because we'll create the chance but we don't have the composure to execute it um, and actually that basketball offload from Tyrone Green goes straight into Northampton players hands and slight home chipping ahead and scoring and that ends up costing us seven right. points so it's not that we're not converting anymore we're actually giving the other team points from it so it's a problem that needs addressing I think that's why I was so fried I mean I I, I make notes during the game just so I've got stuff to refer to when we do the pod and yeah, about 60 minutes that happened and I, I didn't write anything for the last 20 minutes because I was so frightened trying to watch it I mean we turned the ball over on our line Danny picks up Chiz breaks and we, we we almost turned a trial scoring opportunity about on halfway we again like I say he throws the basketball pass and then they go down the other end and score we just I was I was fr- completely fried watching it I, I had nothing else to write after about 20 minutes um, and it, it, as horrible it was it was to see Aaron Morris get hurt it almost we almost needed that five minute break just to even yeah, catch our breath and just get some messages on, just get some, you know, get some structure, get some discipline back in our back in our game. But you know, horrible to see see Aaron Aaron take a knock. But yeah, wishing all our best to Aaron as well. He's been a crucial player for us the last few weeks. He's really stepped up and, and filled in, whether it be on the wing or at 15. He's that senior head amidst those younger players, and uh, he's been a really crucial player for us. So wish him all the best. Hopefully he's back with us soon. Um, but as you say, that breaking play, I thought it would have benefited us, but actually. Straight after that scrum, Don Brand goes and gives away a silly yellow and now we're down to 13. So um, if it helped us regather our, our lungs and then get a bit of oxygen back in the tank, it definitely didn't help us too much with uh, keeping cool heads, as we've mentioned numerous times already with discipline. But he'll learn from it. The team will learn from it. And, and actually, we can take a win from the fact that we kept, kept them to zero points when we were down to a player less for a 20-minute period. Yeah. 
I know that you're over in over in Clapham. I'm sure the weather was largely as, as similar as it was here, but I'm you know, sat in my front room in Teddington, not that far from the stoop, and it was a glorious Sunday afternoon. And oh, beautiful so hard, day. So hard not to sort of sit here and wish you weren't there. And I saw someone tweet after the game, you know, after barely having the ball for large parts of that second half, we go down in the last minute and yeah. we got down a bonus point try. I just yeah. imagine sitting, I just imagine them sitting there. Obviously they, they were attacking, you know, down at the North stand. I can imagine just sitting in the South stand, just, you know, almost cheering a horse down the straight in the, in the last bit of the Grand National, which is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, over the line. It was that, wasn't it? Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah, go on, get, get no, it. But yeah, I'm I with mean, you on that one, mate. Yeah, it was mate, honestly, I'm, I'm seeing it now and I'm completely fried. I don't know what to think, but, but we'll take it. We're into third now, aren't we? And again, I'll give another quick shout out to uh, Luke Pearson and Wayne Barnes. I think they're the way they control the game. I think they're probably the two best referees in the Premiership, if you ask me. I really, I really enjoy Luke Pearson. I think he's fantastic. And Barnsley, obviously, is a, a you know internationally renowned referee, but yeah, no, they were they were really yeah, good, sure. but. Yeah, we roll on next week down at Stanley yeah. Park. It's going to be massive, isn't it? And I think you said after the game, it's going to be a real big test of where we're actually at. Trying, you know, we we haven't faced a top two, three sidles. We played sad in that game at the Stoop, but we haven't faced a Bristol or an Exeter since we've been on this good run of form. Obviously, we had a loss at Newcastle, but haven't lost, you know, in, in this spell. So it's going to be huge down there. And again, it's an early start on the Saturday, so we won't have to wait too long. To <laughs> won't have to wait too long into the weekend to do anything. Yeah, for sure. And going back to that point of the last try, it was so important to get that bonus point because yeah, so many absolutely. games the last few weeks, we've we've got off to quick starts and had three tries at half time, and then we've not converted and got that fourth fourth try to get the fifth point. Um, so that was huge. And yeah, as you say, I'd love to have been in the crowd on a, a beautiful sunny day with a pint in hand after Brett Heron manages to collect that that offload and, and dot it down for the fourth score. So that would be awesome. what I really loved as well was uh, obviously Luke Northmore was the one that made the break and made the offload. And once Alex Donbrand had seen that Heron was going to dot down, he ran straight over to his uni mate and started giving a big pat on the back. I really enjoyed <laughs> that. Really like that. Yeah, that's a VK in prison tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you on see you in the SU, mate. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I'm talking about Barnsley and Pierce again. I think they are ridiculously good officials. The way they yeah, communicate massively. with the players, but although they're not directly communicating with the audience and the fans that are watching, you just know exactly what's going on and you can understand yeah. everything going on with the game. I'd argue that they're two of the best officials in sport, let alone just yeah. in rugby. I think football and VAR could learn an awful lot from it and. I can't believe the argument about VAR is still going on, but yeah. the way that rugby's got the TMO and, and the, the mic'd up officials is just unrivaled. The they just way had a bit of chat as well, didn't they? I know after the first uh, 20 yeah, minutes, Barty was like, Luke, you got your GPS on, you're going to do plenty of running today. <laughs> yeah, you love that. You want character yeah. in the game, don't you? And I'm sure, I, I don't even know if that happens in football with officials. I've actually saw a great video of an Australian referee where it does happen oh, in football. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's brilliant. I can't imagine any UK officials are like that, but it'd be interesting to see if they are. We just don't know, do we, until that happens? Oh, yeah. So, But yeah, great to get five points. We're back up the table again, up to third. Huge result and a huge fixture next week away at Exeter, which is as tough as it gets. Um, for me, success there is is at least taking a point, whether yeah. that be losing both point or um, just four tries. Yeah, I don't I know, but it's... It's going to be a real mark where we are, and we're we're in great form. And I mean, 
I've seen the boys get up for a game like Saracens and it's uh, it's kind of like a cup final and it's almost become a burden to us that that's our cup final. But Exeter away could almost be the new one while Saris are at the league. So I mean, I think if we wanted I'm to play Exeter really or Bristol at any point in the league, we'd want we'd, at any point across the season, we'd want to play them now while we're in good form. I think, you know... Oh, 100%. It's a Six Nations weekend, which means they won't have the likes of Slade or Cowan Dickey or Johnny Hill, Hogg, etc. So yeah. we know they're going to be weaker. Um, and if we don't take advantage of that, then it, it's a good good barometer of where we are as a team and you know what it doesn't matter where we are we're on a learning path um and we're learning quite a lot and it's it's been a great ride so far so let's see how we get on imagine if eddie jones uh, came out in the media this week and so i'm going to pick sam simmons <laughs> the week before we get on to extra and play there how good would that be well i'm gonna leave marcus and dominant quinton this week but i'm gonna pick sam simmons we'd all pretty good yeah <laughs> we probably all go yeah good decision Ed. good work good work <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, Eddie, do it. But yeah, Ugo Money wants Marcus Smith at 10, so I hope Eddie yeah. hasn't listened to that one. But um, as we were talking there about having fans in the stadium, that just reminded me of one thing. This month, for the month of March, is the Harlequins Foundation's Full House Challenge. So the Harlequins Foundation are looking to support children and young people within the community. And what they've done is they've started this challenge where we want to complete a squat for every seat at the stoop. So whilst we're out of the stoop, what better way than to, to hypothetically take your seat um 14,816 times which is the amount of seats at the stoop we're not asking you to do all 14,816 but we have started a team two words four quarters myself and mike are going to be doing 10 squats each whilst we're on the podcast but then throughout the week whilst we're doing our various other health and fitness pieces or when mike's at school we'll be accumulating a few more we have set up a team and we'd love you to join us um if squatting is not your thing if you've got dodgy knees uh, like my old man then donations are also <laughs> welcome as well um but uncle nick let's got bad get knees? stuck in uncle hey nick got, uncle nick got bad knees is he yeah, he um, he was a good cricketer. He was a good opening batsman back in the day, and uh, they were playing grassroots style when it was when it was wet, and he managed to slip and dislocate his knee. Oh, um, but I'm sure he's had a few other injuries aside yeah. from that, um, so which yeah, haven't helped. Well, I'm I'm back in school this week, so I'll uh, I'll have to join in a few of the warm ups in my games lessons and uh, get some squats yeah. myself. Well, if you get the kids joining in, I'm sure we can add them to the tally as well. But yeah, we'll get them in. I've got, I've got year let's eight. Let's get cracking, shall we? I've got year eight on Monday, so I'll get them in. But yeah, should we, should we, should we do, our, do our 10 now? Yeah, we'll do our 10. I'll tell you what, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do the wrap up while we're doing them. So if you lot are watching on, the, uh, you lot are watching on YouTube, we'll do it while I'm wrapping up. I'll just see if I can spin the camera around a little bit. There we go. Oh, I'm not, in, I'm not in the frame. I've started. I'm on three. You're flying. There we go. So we'll do the wrap up while we're here. So, oh, you're way ahead of me. We'll uh, we'll plug the socials. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Harlequins Podcast. Um, obviously, last week we we're really lucky to have Izzy Mayhew and Jess Breach on the podcast for episode nine. That was a really amazing chat. Obviously, a bit of a different uh, different tone this week, but another another double header weekend. Two big wins for the boys That's and the women. Me. And we're off. We're off into next weekend. Hopefully, we'll have a good week. Hopefully, some more good news with some contracts, and we'll see what happens down at Sandy Park next week. But from all of us here, we'll talk to you soon. Great to Cheers. Cheers, mate. <laughs>